Hey everyone, Matt Wakeling here. You are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. Hope you're doing really, really well. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Today we present the second of our iconic albums. It is Derek and the Dominoes, Layla and other assorted love songs. The early 70s classic, uh, spearheaded by Eric Clapton and with some amazing cameos by Dwayne Allman and others. Now the iconic album series is where I'm joined by my friends Rob Rhodes and Gabor Jessica and we talk about some of our favorite guitar records. Now the interviews which have been the focus of the Guitar Speak podcast for the five years of our existence, they're still coming through thick and fast. Recently we've had Philip Sace, uh, Thomas Blug and coming up for our next interview session in the next few days is Brian Canham, frontman from Pseudo Echo hugely successful Australian band that had some breakout success in the States and Europe in the 80s and uh, Brian is a fantastic guitar player so you're going to love that interview too. All right after the break Iconic Albums number two is coming up. This episode is brought to you by The Pedal Movie, a feature-length film all about effects pedals created by the Music Gear Marketplace Reverb. I am super excited about this film. The Pedal Movie features nearly 100 interviews with people like Steve Vai, Peter Frampton, Jay Maskus, Billy Corgan, and more, including some of our Guitar Speak podcast alumni like Dweezil Zappa, Sarah Lipstate, Johnny Barmer, and Brian Wampler. Reverb's The Pedal Movie is available now on iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. For more information, visit www thepedalmovie.com Today's episode is also brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free seven-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast, Iconic Albums number two, joined again by Gabor Jessica. Hello. And hey, Matt. Hey, Gabor and Rob Rhodes. Woo, hello. Hey, Rob. Great to have you guys back. Number two, number one, Satriani, a huge critical response, all the emails, all the... The, the facsimiles were received enjoying that episode. <laughs> My pager was just ringing off the map. I got a few <laughs> telegrams. <laughs> awesome. So thanks for everyone's response. Actually, the truth is we're recording these first few episodes in one night. We don't know if you send us any telegrams, but we hope you have. And spoil the magic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our second record, Layla and Assorted Love Songs by Derek and the Dominoes. Rob, you brought this album to our attention. Kick us off. Oh, look, I've always been a huge Clapton fan um, from Cream. Even, I think I started with the Yardbirds. And then uh, my parents bought this double or triple disc set called Backtracking. And that really got me into Clapton because they couldn't afford the Crossroads box set. 
and that was the cheaper option. So, um, okay. and still good. Yeah. And I think just my formative years, again, we talked about MTV, how big an influence they were, but they did the 24 nights. Um, they played that on a guitar heroes special that, uh, Richard Wilkins hosted. And there was a huge chunk of 24 nights on that. And if I wasn't already a big Clapton fan, it, I was, you know, well and truly dialed in by then. And yeah, this album came much later. I, I obviously on backtracking, there was Layla and there was little wing and things like that. But, uh, kind of discovered this album on my own and that's a beautiful thing when it wasn't just cherry picked from my parents record collection like so many others and yeah, um awesome. yeah i think for anybody who doesn't know this album it was dwayne allman like just got roped into the studio to record um with eric and his delaney and bonnie bandmates yep yep um and you get Layla and Assorted Love Songs and everyone knows the title track, Layla. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just think it's 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 for the it's one of those albums that was a slow burn. It wasn't a hit at the time. I think it did better in America than the UK. Um, and then just took off much later down the track. Um, once Clapton sort of established himself and people went digging into the back catalogue. And there's some yeah, some beautiful, beautiful guitar work and um, gang vocals. I call them from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very seventies. Yeah, everyone's singing yeah. the same note, just slightly differently intonated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it has it just has some magic about this record. Uh, it just feels very natural and um, one of the first with Clapton that featured the Strat. Um, he's, yes. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, Rob, where where in the Clapton timeline does this album land? All right. Well, this album was released in March 1970. So it's sort of, he'd come out of Cream, obviously. And uh, previous to that, the Yardbirds and John Mayle, uh, Blues Breakers. And he came out of Cream and he'd done Blind Faith as well with um, Steve Winwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, who had, I think he went on to do Traffic out of that. But, um, but it was definitely, he'd sort of gotten over being the front person uh, and having his name associated and the pressure that came with that. And yeah, yeah. this sort of was born out of that Delaney and Bonnie era. And yeah, that's, that's sort of what happened. And I know this band, they all played on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass record as well. And yeah, it was a short-lived band and Dwayne Norman never performed with them live. And then obviously Clapton went on later to do Slow Hand and, and those records. Mm. Yeah. Nothing that's really interesting that um, obviously when Cream exploded, all that Clapton is God era stuff, um, and then then he's in the supergroup with Winwood. It's still pretty, pretty high stakes and and high pressure. And yeah, you could tell he wanted the the uh, camaraderie of a band. Yeah, he didn't even put his name on the record. And 
shared a lot of the vocals and shared everything really. He just fits in the mix with everyone else in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And um, I think maybe just what were your, what did you sort of, Gabor, the first time you would have heard this record, yes, apart from obviously Layla. Uh, Yeah, so I'm, again, once again, I'm the the black sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't even know... That's how negligent I am. I didn't even know. I wrote down a lot of slide guitar. Did Clapton play slide guitar? Question mark. I didn't even know Dwayne Allman yeah. was on that album. Uh-huh. I knew. I think I knew he played on Layla, but I didn't know he. I didn't kind of make the connection that he played on all that album because there's a lot of slide guitar. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's it's great actually. Yeah. So again, sort of the first things I sort of wrote down. Um, uh, it was less bluesy than I thought. Like I imagined it to be more bluesy mm-hmm. and it was actually less bluesy than I thought. That was sort of my first reactions again. Very fuzzy guitar sound. And I, so, and I, you sent a little thing with your uh, research. So he used to fend yeah, a champ. Yeah, five water. Because it sounded like it was begging for mercy, <laughs> doesn't it? But it's great sound. It's that, it's that really fuzzy, really yeah. on the verge of exploding guitar sound. It was great. So for me, yeah, and I, and I was, it was, I didn't expect to hear what I heard. I was sort of thinking more, oh, that's sort of just uh, not long after Cream. I was, there are some Cream influences in it. You can definitely hear some, like Little Wing, that sort of very almost fanfare thing that they put in there. Yeah. Um, that sort of sounds very Cream to me. But um, yeah, I, I, all up, I, I, again, I'm not a massive blues fan, but, uh, because I think because it's less bluesy than I originally thought, I actually I didn't mind it as much. It didn't. That sounds right. It sounds bad. I didn't mind it as much as I thought I would. <laughs> but I actually, I, I actually, I quite especially the acoustic numbers too. I quite like them. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of got a country influence, you know. And I there's a, there's definitely I mean, some that country, came out yeah. of the Delaney and Bonnie thing, and he sort of had been doing a he. You know, got those influences from Bob Dylan and then the band, a couple of things that he had something to do with. And uh, yeah, so that sort of ate into it a little bit. Yeah. How about you, Matt? What did you What did you think on Listen? Yeah, I mean, I've heard the album before. Um, as a youngster, I, I knew Layla and pretty much nothing else off, off this record. Um, one of my notes was that it was a very American-sounding record. Um for early 70s compared to the stuff that Clapton had been doing, um, which is yeah. ironic because Clapton made his name playing blues, the American art form. Yeah. Um, but he was playing the British hot-rodded version of that that yeah. British blues uh, movement in, in, in the 60s. So, yeah, interesting. I, I noted the buzzy Strat tone as well. In fact, if I'm playing a, a covers gig and – Rob, you might have some advice on this, but if there's ever that kind of tone, and I hear it on a lot of 70s records, um, I find that hard to nail, even going through the bands like, I don't know, like Skyhooks or um, even some of the Leonard Skinner tones. It, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I guess because it's how it sits in the mix. And when you're playing live, it doesn't sit in the mix as well as it would through someone's hi-fi or, mm-hmm. you know, even though it yeah. does sound quite bright coming through Spotify, um, it is. I, I kind of steer away from those types of 70s tones, a, a bit of a fuller sound. But I do take yeah. the low end away to make room for the bass and the keyboards and stuff. But sure. I guess it's just that bridge on a Strat 
sound, isn't it? Yeah. Like small yeah. speaker, a little champ, and yeah. and the small speaker really, really, really unhappy little speaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably something out. like a Unidyne, <laughs> something like a Unidyne fifty-seven or something <laughs> like right in the middle of the speaker mm-hmm. is picking yeah, that yeah. is picking that sound up, and there's probably a little bit of the preamps in the mixes in those days adding to that as well you know like getting a bit of gain from those preamps or whatever mixes they were using back in the day yeah yeah and the strat thing's a huge thing for clapton because he'd spent the last uh, best part of a decade playing 335s and and les pauls sgs yeah cranked marshes yeah. yeah the sg yeah absolutely so uh, it's this is this is not quite blackie territory is it yet no, he used a 56 Strat, which people might know as Brownie. Um, yeah. So that was sort of his first venture in to that world. Um, and, oh, no, I've lost it. I know he bought that Strat from someone, but I can't remember who it was. I did read that no. recently. Um, but, yeah, when you put on the spot, this is what happens to a 45-year-old brain. <laughs> I even tried coffee too and it didn't work. Um, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing for everyone listening. Yeah, if, if we're, we're just rambling on and, and having a, a hang talking about these albums. So if anyone listening has got any deets, extra deets you want to add or comments, man, send them in. We'd love to, to share them yeah, on another show for sure. So that's, that's all good, yeah. So Dwayne Orman used a 57 gold top um, for his parts. Not a lot of information on the amps he used, but um, he was using Marshall heads around that time. So there's a good chance that there was a JTM 45 or something like that lying around the studio. It was a nice sort of the the contrast between the two sounds because it was such a round, warm kind of sound, the, the slide, and that really angry buzzy exploding kind of rhythm sound often in the background behind it. Yeah. it it's a good contrast uh, uh, i like yeah that. and and the blues tunes on there they weren't planned apparently so um key to the highway okay. um was a late inclusion it was just a jam that they fashioned into a 10 minute song it sound it sounds like a jam <laughs> they're stretching nobody out, knows man. you when you're down and out that was one on, on clap yeah. plug that was always one of my favorites and i didn't again i didn't know it was on that album but uh it was it was a nice surprise when it came on i really liked that song yes yeah and um favorite tunes um matt what did you, what was the standout for you i've got two i've got um i've got layla i mean layla is such a strong tune um it's killer um so definitely layla and i really loved um uh, is it Tree in the Garden, the acoustic tune? Yes, that was one for me too, yeah. Oh, be- just beautiful, beautiful tune. Great song, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of dark and shade and light on this record. And how about for you, Gabor? What were, you, what were standouts? Yeah, well, that one. Uh, and then, uh, well, Layla, of course. Uh, one of the things I really like actually about Layla, uh, and, and it's something generally I like, I like when songs have either intros or outros that are completely different to the song. That's uh, I always like that. That's just something I like, and that's with that song I like. Uh, and nobody knows you when you're down and out, just because it's a, it's a, it sort of came on. It was a surprise. It came on, and I don't think I've ever heard the full band version. I've only ever heard the acoustic version. Yeah, I right. think. So when it came on, I was like, oh, cool, you know. So. Uh, they're probably my stand. Yeah, but um, the what is it? Tree in the garden. 
Thorn tree. Yeah. 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 The garden. Yeah, that's the one. Sorry, I, I wrote it somewhere, but I couldn't find it. That was yeah. That's a great song. That's a, a great acoustic guitar sound. For me, um, bell bottom blues is just a beautiful song. Um, mm-hmm. The the harmonies and later when he did that live on Twenty Four Nights, it honestly is one of the standouts in that on that record and live. VHS that came out. You can probably get it on DVD now. I'm not sure. I think I've got it on DVD. Um, and oh, and then um, the other one is uh, Tell the Truth. And I just like that swampy kind of country thing. And when I saw Clapton at the Encent, uh, he had like a super group, you know, Willie Weeks on bass and Steve Jordan on drums. And then he had Doyle Brammel on one guitar and Derek trucks on the other guitar. So Derek's doing oh, all of the Dwayne Norman stuff. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. a dream come true for me because they did so many r- songs off that record that Clapton didn't really do live. Um, so they're my two standouts. I've got a little fun fact about Layla, which I don't know. I don't think I included in our notes. So this will be new, new for you guys. Okay. Now, Jim Gordon is the drummer of Derek and the dominoes. And, uh, yep. He was dating Rita Coolidge at the time and they had written a song together and this is Rita's version of events is they recorded this song to give to Eric hoping he would record it and then she heard Layla for the first time and her song tagged on the end. So that whole, that outro, outro. yeah, she said Uh, that's her song. Like they just took it and that's the first time she heard, heard of it is when that song came out. So, oh. yeah, very interesting. And, and, and for anyone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit interactive here. And I don't, I don't know how it's going to pick it up through this mic, but I've got my acoustic guitar here. <laughs> and I just want to explain the difference between 70s Clapton and 90s Clapton, how things change. Yeah, man. And not just the hair and not just the gear, <laughs> not the fact that he stood up and sat down. But, and there were no suits, but obviously the seventies, and I'm going to screw this up. I know. Cause maybe we'll fix this in post if I screw it up, but yeah, seventies Clapton. Come on. Right. And then nineties Clapton. And then a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. But funny enough is that Dwayne Orman wrote the Layla riff. And he stole it by speeding it up from an old blues song, which in my notes, I've got it written here somewhere. Someone help me out. Did I write Yeah, yeah. Uh, as the years go passing by, the Albert King Albert tune. Albert King t- So, yeah. yeah that's right. Which I first heard through Gary Moore. Slowed it back down again. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what goes around, man? Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more Clapton, uh, Layla, and other assorted conversation pieces. I hope you are enjoying today's interview. Now, this podcast is brought to you by The Pedal Movie, a feature-length film all about effects pedals created by the music gear Mark Place Reverb. 
Now you know we love guitar pedals here on the Guitar Speak podcast and we're super excited on the release of this film. The pedal movie explores how effects pedals and their builders have shaped modern music and guitar playing over time, from the fuzz pedal experiments of the Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix through the shoegaze and indie rock of the 90s and up to the modern day use of effects. Reverb also speaks with builders and leaders from more than 50 pedal brands to answer the big question, how did guitar pedals get so big? Reverb's The Pedal Movie is available now on iTunes, Google Play and Vudu. For more info, check out thepedalmovie.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by master guitar teacher Joe Elliott. Now, I was a beta tester for the course, and as a music educator myself, I was very impressed by the logical layout and format of the course. Heavyweight guitarists such as Brett Garsett and Greg Koch have also endorsed the program, so check it out at www.fretboardbiology.com. Okay, back to our interview. All right, welcome back. We are talking iconic albums. We're talking Clapton, uh, Layla, and other assorted love songs by really his his group, Derek and the Dominoes, a one album or double album only band. Man, it's a long album. It's like 17 tunes or something. It's a long record. It was it was two gigs driving to and from. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's a good way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. The songs too. They're they're all the. There's a whole bunch of blues jams, but there's um, some others with like Layla that have a lot of modulations in them. So the the songwriting is a lot more sophisticated, uh, maybe than some of the earlier stuff we heard from Clapton. Yeah, I think he was just maybe exercising that that bone because he had been hanging around with George Harrison um, yep. and George Harrison's and wife. wife. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently. It's a great segue right there. Uh, a great hey, segue. Hey, yeah. We've like done this before. Um, but yeah, he'd been, he'd fallen in love with George Harrison's wife, Patty Boyd and um, had written Layla about her, but I'm sure that influence of being around those artists had really sort of kicked Eric or Derek in the butt to start writing um, some more sort of intricate progressions. Is that, is that where Derek came from? Is it kind of like Eric, but not? Is that what it was? Or is it, or is it just a random name? To uh, it, I think the story goes that uh, a venue owner or announcer of the show didn't, like he got the name wrong and he oh, called it, okay. uh, he called him Derek. Like when he was announcing Derek the Clapton. band and it was a bit of a, yeah, they sort of held on to that, I think. Uh, but it was okay, okay. born out of that. Eric wanted to be a little bit more behind the scenes and not be up front. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, cool. Little Wing, we haven't talked about that. That's that's pretty cool cover, which was apparently recorded eight days before Jimmy's death. Yeah. Which is uh, oh, wow. pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. What do we make of that cover? Well, it, to me, the, what I mentioned before, it, it that that was probably the most cream-sounding song because it had that. It they changed the they put that little fanfare thing in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and to me, just the, I just thought cream. That was the first thing I thought of. It sounded it, it it gave me that that tales of the great Ulysses kind of vibe. Yeah, nice. Um, 
you know, but a good version all of It was like he was trying to out psychedelic Hendrix because Hendrix is like <laughs> yeah. really contained on that record, on that song yeah. originally. And uh, yeah, just a bit more measured and melodic. And he decided, I'm going to make this, I'm going to take it out there and do something different, but pay a homage to him as well. Because Clapton and Hendrix go way back. Um, yeah, yeah. From the old, the like London days. Um, Bad perm. Well, they, they played together. <laughs> Hendrix performed Sunshine of Your Love live on TV. Um, yeah. And he was a big Clapton oh, fan yeah. and obviously gave them all a, a good kick in the butt, too, at the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I like um, the vocal harmonies on, on that. I think they sing harmony all the way through. On the. On the Domino's version, yeah, the dual lead vocal thing, yeah, 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 that's... Yep. which is kind of cool. I, I I quite like it throughout the whole album because they've got such mm. different voices too. Yeah, but it works quite well together. I, I I thought throughout the whole album the harmonies were really good, and again not very drum, not very guitar, but the drums. I thought the drums sounded great on that album. Again, very very seventies, yeah. but uh, such great sounding drums. It, Again, this is just a, yeah, not really guitar related, but just my five. Oh, yeah, it's great, man. It's great. <laughs> Clapton's vocals knock me out too. His vocal is awesome, man. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of underrated, you know. He's, um, it's, quite, it's also timely that we're talking about Eric Clapton because is he like the biggest topic on YouTube at the moment is how much John Mayer is sounding like 90s Clapton. <laughs> It's like oh, every, yeah, true. And, and, looking, looking, and looking and every yeah. second <laughs> video is about dissecting his guitar tone and Clapton's tone. And, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, Layla, um, it actually won a Grammy, but not until 92. Wow. For the unplugged version. W- with so, unplugged. With yeah. unplugged yeah. <laughs> Which is a fantastic record too. Oh. I love that, yeah. Which is funny. I never really got into into like the electric side of Clapton, but the Unplugged album, I love that. That was on. I still got I, one of the first tab books I bought. Remember yeah. tab books, people? <laughs> um, was of the Unplugged album because I really wanted to learn some of the songs of it. Yes. And, and um, the, what was it? The the, uh, the instrumental song on it, uh, Sign or Sig? I don't know how to pronounce it. Signy oh, Sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I never quite know how to pronounce it, but I, I love, I mean, this is getting away from this album, but uh, yeah, the Unplugged album was killer. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And at, at the time, like we're going to get some crossovers of that 92 era. Um, but at the time it was sort of against what was happening. Everything, yeah. It slowed it down and that was the big adult contemporary push of the, that early 90s period. Mm, definitely, definitely. Awesome. Mate, great record. Rob, great choice. Thank you. Two thumbs up. Yeah, I couldn't leave this one out. If it's yeah. not a video, I would have bought the vinyl out and, you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Anything else you want to, we should, we should know or you want to finish with, Rob? Um, no, I think, I think that's sort of, we've gotten everything as far as Eric and Derek goes. All right, there you go. Derek and the Domino's classic album, Layla and other assorted love songs number two in our iconic series Rob thanks for bringing that album next week Gabor brings his first choice to us can't wait to share that episode with you I won't tell you what the band and the album is just yet we might uh, save that but it's uh, it was a fun conversation as well so that's coming up too 
My thanks to the sponsors of today's episode. Reverb's The Pedal Movie is out now, and Fretboard Biology's online guitar course is also available. Please check out the links in our show notes for more information. Well, time to go, but if I can leave you with a piece of advice that Michael Schenker gave me when he was on this podcast recently, he said, keep on rocking. Sounds good to me. All right, thanks for joining me on the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling. I'll catch you next time. Bye now.